Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show, another episode of Please Rewind Plus. Uh, if you're not new, uh, welcome back. If you are new, Please Rewind Plus are these little episodes I like to squeeze in between the um, the main episodes that Jared and I do, where I invite a member from the group on uh, to talk about a movie-related topic of my choosing, and that could be whatever my weird little brain comes up with. Um the last show, I, I, we're gonna. I'm gonna be doing a series of of years, different years throughout film history that are important for various reasons. And I did one last time, and I had such a great time doing it. I want to do another one quickly. So, uh, I've got my best friend of the whole world, Christy McDermott, back on the show. Um, she's going to uh, join me on this time machine, this journey back in. That's not even back to the future. It's back in time. And uh, Christy, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. We are going back to the year 1994, or also known as the year of Jim Carrey, but we'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> what, you, um, what springs to mind? Give me one or two things right away. 1994. Um, so 1994, one of the big ones is got to be The Lion King. Yes, that we'll talk definitely talk about that. Um, you know, Schindler's List, like... When when looking at the list of the movies that came out in 1994, uh, like, oh, my God, like, it's talk, loaded, well, it's loaded. absolutely yeah. loaded yeah. and like diverse, like tons of comedies, tons of drama, you know, like it, it's just it's a mixed bag, but just packed. It's insane. With huge movies that are talked about. All the time, still to this day. Well, nine, 94 is interesting for a lot of reasons. And, and so this thing I'm going to do with the years, I'm going to go through notable events from that year that, you know, have not necessarily movie related, just sort of give people an idea of, of the time and place in which all these things are happening. But um, 94, 90s, 90s for sure. But, mid, you know, we'll just say mid 90s is that I mean, that's almost like next year. That'll be, you know, uh, 20 years. Right. So um, 20 years. 10, mm -mm. 20, 30 years. My God, yep. how's, my <laughs> how's my math? I skipped the whole 10 years. Anyways, so that's about the time when that's long enough now when movies from the 90s, and we've already seen some of this, are, are starting to get remade, revamped, redone, because it's been long enough, right? That studios yep. try and go back to them. So we're now in that part. So, you know, the mid 90s is where we're sitting now where contemporary films where we're starting to see some remakes like they're working on the crow they're working on uh a few other things but that's where we're at now and it's kind of interesting um the 90s also is is really 90s was a big change in movies um and 94 is, is big too it's really the rise of indian low budget film isn't it so like studios like miramax and new line cinema came to fruition during this time up until then it was it was big studio stuff so you get right. all these indian low budget movies coming out and a lot of that is because for the first time we're seeing basically, I have this really awesome book. It's called I Lost It at the Video Store. It's it's all these famous directors whose, whose first job was a video store. And I'm obsessed with that because my first job was a video store. It was a, still to this day the greatest job of my life. And it could have been a TV show. It was fucking insane. And the characters, <laughs> like it was nuts. <laughs> but all those kids that worked in video stores or you know, started renting movies on mass, which was started in the eighties. These are the ones now that were, that, that are making movies now in the nineties. Right. So all right. these young people, these young people who were aspiring filmmakers who all of a sudden, because of VHS and stuff had access to just libraries of movies that they never would have even 10 years before are being exposed to films from all over the world. Like never before different genres of films, B movies, all these films you wouldn't have access to necessarily before. And that's coming out in the films they are making. So the 90s were like, this is the emergence of Spike Jones, Tarantino, P.T. Anderson, David Russell, Noah Baumbach, Wes Anderson, like these types of filmmakers. And that's because they, the 80s, they were able to sit and just absorb all these, the cinema from, from different times and place for the first time. And so, like you said, the nine, you know, you get into this, you look at these lists of films from just, you know, this year for sure. It's such a wide variety of tastes and, budgets too you're seeing low budget films do well and i think that's because of that because all these guys who were just watched fucking movies like obsessively in the 80s on tape just well it, 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 it you, just it got into their dna well you just described kevin smith and clerks which was 1994 mm -hmm. right great like, example great example it, it, it's no you know, uh, clerks was not 94 was it oh yeah 
I don't think I have clerks written down. What? I no. Mean, yeah, clerks was 94. Fuck me, it was. Yep. Nice. Number six, top movie. Good for you. All right. Yeah, but uh, like exactly so anyways, yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Like guy who oh, no, you know worked in a convenience Sorry. store, yeah. went to movie. Uh, well, he worked in the convenience store and shut it down at night and filmed the movie. Like talk about low low budget, but you know that totally spawned his career. Has it been entirely successful for him? Absolutely not. But you know. You know, he's had a good run. He had a good. I mean, I know, like, listen, yeah, he didn't achieve like, you know, Spielberg success, but nobody does. And even, I mean, it's no different than actors. I mean, there's for every uh, Kevin Smith, there's a billion directors who've failed miserably and that will, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I know maybe he hasn't achieved the greatest heights, but I mean, he's had a working, he's been a working director for decades at this point. So, I mean, I mean, it's maybe he, he came out of the gate hot and maybe never, maybe I know to a lot of people, there's a really great documentary on him actually that came out not that long ago. It's on Crave, I think. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, it's really good. And it really looks at his early years, which I thought was really interesting. But um, um, I think what happened was, you know, the I think the industry, the Sundance crowd had such high expectations for him after Clerks and he just didn't have an in him. But no, I mean, the guy's been a working director for a long time. So kudos to him. But yeah, so you're getting all like so yeah, per, great example, Kevin Smith. Yeah, wa- obsessively watched movies in in the 80s on tape and then finally he got his chance. So that we're seeing the effects of that now in the 90s and 94 is a, is a perfect thing for that. So um but yeah, we'll get to the movies in a second, but 1994 I was what was I? 14 plus 4. I was 18 years old. <laughs> Sorry, I got to do math. <laughs> uh I, I was 18 years old and uh you were the same. Yeah, we're born the same yeah. year. Um, 18. Jesus, what was I? I don't even want to know what I was doing. I mean, for sure, watching being a geek, but uh, I don't it know. was like, yeah. it's crazy because, like, I think about that time period and, like, it was like just at like my last year of high school, you know, before mm. I like went on to, to college. So, you know, I, I think that was, was a big time in, you know, yeah for our age right 18 like that's a pivotal moment like you're becoming an adult and then you know it so much was happening in the 90s at that point well you're right and let's talk about some of those things so like movies and music and oh first all art uh, the art it was insane yeah so anyways notable events from 1994 um God, it's so cool. I I did this with the last episode with Jeremy, 1996, and there was some stuff. You're like, oh, my God, that's right. So there's going to be a lot of oh, my gods for this one. You ready? 1994 was the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we signed the NAFTA agreement, North American Free Trade Agreement, which is a big deal if we don't yeah. know that. Uh, the Rwandan genocide was 1994, oh. a big thing. Nelson Mandela becomes the president of South Africa. Um, the first genetically engineered food, tomatoes, was huh. uh, 1994. Uh, Woodstock 94, of course. Right. Um, sadly, the death of Kurt Cobain and John Candy that year. Um, I'm still bummed about John Candy, man. Fuck me. I love that. I still know exactly where I was when I heard that he had died on the radio. I was in St. Vincent de Paul in downtown um, Oshawa and like the thrift store. Yeah. Um, just, you know, looking through. We had skipped school in the afternoon and the radio was playing in uh, the thrift store mm. and it it said that he had died like it's it's so funny because like so many actors of our time have passed away but i can still pinpoint where i was when Don- when i heard about john candy yeah i'm still bummed about that one as a, as a fan of sctv growing mm-hmm. up and then of course all of his films which are just so great he was just so great um yeah too sad 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 yeah and and, and then yeah so that was he was March 4th and Kurt Cobain was April 5th, a month later. So right. tough, tough couple, tough spring there. Um, Steven Spielberg wins his first directing Oscar for Schindler's mm. List. His first one for director. That's crazy. He obviously has won a couple more since. Um, and Pierce Brosnan is announced as James Bond, the newest James Bond. And I think that's okay. funny because in the last episode, Jeremy and I did... Uh, um, Timothy Dalton was announced in 1986 as the... Uh, uh, the next James Bond. So I don't know why I right. just keep, keep picking these random years when they announce James Bonds. But um, <laughs> I hated Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. I think that was a bad time for Bond films. Um, 
not a fan. Obviously, it spawned a couple of great video games, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any opinion, Bond opinions? I, I don't have any Bond opinions, yeah. and, and this is probably going to be very um, unpopular, but I have never seen a Bond movie. Never? Never. That's hard. That's just hard to do because there's so it, many and it's they're always on. Yeah. Right. It, it's not true. even the Daniel it, Craig ones. No, no. Wow. It's so funny because it's it's just like the longer I went without seeing them, it, it the more sure. it became a well, what's the point? I'm just not gonna see them now, right? So, okay. So, so that's my this is a thing Jeremy likes to bring up all the time. So I haven't seen any Matrix movies. Right. I was going through a thing with Keanu Reeves at the time, him and I were fighting. Um and so, and now it's been so long. I'm, I'm the exact same way. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to see it now. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't, although I'm sure someone will, although I did say I will abide by the rules of the show. And if someone suggests it, then I'll have to do it. But um, no, that's hard to do. I remember like meeting someone one time who hadn't seen star, any star Wars movies. I'm like, that's just hard to do only because they're all just, they're just on all the time. And they're part of, you know, the lexicon, right? At this point, part of our- Absolutely. And yeah, people talk about yeah. it all the time. Like, I know who James Bond is. And I, like, yeah. I know- You're aware the, of- The, the, the different yeah, yeah, actors yeah. and the premise and uh, like all of those pieces. Sure, but yeah, yeah. To like sit down and- It's just because there's been so many. Yeah, follow. that's all, yeah. I just- If I, funny- if we, if if you and I were neighbors, I would fucking make you sit there. We would, we would do a weekend and we would watch every, every James Bond film, which I don't even know how many there are at this point. We would, we would have a weekend. I'm telling you, we would just close the curtains. <laughs> and then I'd come back and make you watch The Matrix. There's, there you go. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm cool with that. I, I'm up for a challenge like that. But, um, but I'm, but I'm the same as you on my own. Yeah. I would never probably watch The Matrix just because it's been too long. Right. Um, Anyways, and the biggest thing from 1994, and it's like, of course, it's like, oh, yeah, of course that happened. But it's, I think it's been long enough that we forget fucking OJ Simpson. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. That wow. was the, the, the Bronco, the whole thing. That summer was the summer of OJ. If it doesn't fit, you must have quit. Right? <laughs> I mean, good God. I mean, I remember. So Jeremy had an, that. You know, I remember how long I don't exactly he was there, but HQ, the collective was that when we say HQ, we meant um, and the collective that was Jeremy's apartment in Oshawa. At one point, he had shared it with Todd and um, we were that we were just there every day. We like live, slept and breathed there. That was where we did everything. Arts and crafts, video games, movies. It was it should have been a TV show. It was fucking insane. It was so much fun. Board games, just everything and lots of eating and <laughs> and zero girls. <laughs> but yeah that's we we every day we watched the trial every day yeah we no, just sat it, it, on those couches every fucking day and watched this thing yeah oh, and it then, was just such an insane and then the verdict time. came through i remember like i remember it and then i remember like looking over at jeremy and everyone else and we were it was it was crazy yeah well i remember the, the watching the verdict at school like at the, when yeah. the verdict yeah. I'm fairly confident when the verdict came down when I was in college and I, I, I like I'm positive we were in a class called interpersonal skills and they they rolled in the the TV and we all put it on to to, to watch the verdict. Like, sure. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. So anyways, yeah. 1994. I mean, again, just I mean, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, OJ. Kurt Cobain dying, Woodstock. I mean, that's just a lot of shit. Um, yeah, 90s. What are you going to do? So yeah. 1994. All right, let's go. So I have written, I've written, what I've done is written down a bunch of notables. And then I've broken up a whole bunch of them into genres and that we can pull from. But I want to start with the box office. I'm going to do the top 10. Now I'm going to just do the calendar grosses. So that means how much movie, how much movie, how much money these movies made that year, not all time, right? Because it would it would be slightly different. And right, it, right, and, right, and, right. And, and if it got released in December, of course, it wouldn't make very much. But only because I don't want to mess around with inflation or anything. I want to know like how much money it made. What were people seeing that year? I think that's that number is more important. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because some of these movies could have been re-released years later. So I don't want to worry about any of that shit. But anyway, so Calendar Gross is 1994. Number one, Lion King. Number two, Forrest Gump. True Lies, The Santa Claus. Uh, the Flintstones. Clear oh, I know. I saw that. I'm I like, know, are right? you kidding me? <laughs> I know. Clear and Present Danger, Speed, The Mask, Ms. Doubtfire, 
interview with the vampire, the vampire chronicles. Um, you know, what's funny. I don't think I ever knew about the vampire chronicles part until I wrote that down. Like I thought it was just called interview with a vampire. Yeah, I, I, you had to you had to be a an Anne Rice Anne fan Rice to nerd. really yeah, 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 yeah. Un understand that as an Anne Rice nerd. Sure, that makes sense because you know, yeah, from a book standpoint, they are chronicles. It didn't right. really translate to m movie the same way, um, which is probably, you know, I think that's a good thing. I yeah. think they could have ruined a good thing. Right, right, right. Um, really only the biggest difference between that and then like all time grosses, um, I'm trying to look clear in danger, speed, the master lies, force, confidence. Um, oh, dumb and dumber. Okay. So if you're looking at all time gross, yeah, dumb and dumber sneaks in the top 10, but the rest are pretty much the same. So, um, so yeah. And top, that's only the top 10. That's just the top 10. Yeah. No, no. Which is insane. 10. Yeah. No. Right. And I mean, again, you look at, so. And so animation now nineties was big for Disney. Disney came back in a big way in the nineties, Disney cart, like in, every year they had a banger. Um, so Lion King animated Forrest Gump drama, true lies, action, the mass comedy, speed, action, Flintstones, whatever the fuck that was dumb and dumber comedy Four weddings and a funeral romantic interview with the vampire, weird, clear and present danger, political thriller, like, it's 10 different films like right like people are going like you said the variety is insane and it just shows you like people are willing to almost go see anything um that year and what's interesting too is you look at the uh the studios the distributors are all pretty much different too so sort of what i was talking about like a lot of new studios were able to enter the market in the 90s because they were able to make films cheaper and they realized people were going to go see a lot of people were interested in a lot of different types of films. So you, this is when you end up with a top 10 like this. Right. So right. Pretty cool. And, and like, that's, I mean, this is our, you know, our movie for sure. Or, you know, like, I'd like talking with on the 1986 show, that's the year when I start to remember going to the plus or minus a year or two. That's when I start to remember going to the movies. Right. Like I was 10 in 1986. So, right. Um, so like the year, year or two at most before and then and then starting from that point on that's when i start remembering going to the movies but like the 90s is when like i was going like that was all i wanted to do so like i've seen all i saw all of those movies in the theater um so it was just like yeah like and they were all i just remember them all i remember them being full and you would all go and then especially cheap tuesdays right like you would just go and see everything um so yeah there was just a lot of different types of movies being made and a lot of different people going to see a lot of different things. So it was really cool. Um, yeah. So this is the year of Jim Carrey, really. So the mask dumb and dumber and Ace Ventura pet detective all came out in 1994. Right. Like, that's crazy. It is crazy. And when I was looking at the list myself, I'm like, like how many movies can this guy be in? Like it's, it's just, obviously, I don't think obviously I realized it didn't take the, it was, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I have no idea that it was all at once. Like, like obviously, the mask, you know, got traction for him. But then, like, it really took off. He, well, he was huge. He was making 20 million bucks a movie, right? Like, he was, like, it was insane. Um, and he was just, he was riding that wave. And it was, like, he can't, he feels like he kind of came out of nowhere, even though we all knew him from In Living Color. Um you know, for those of us that knew, already knew he was, you know, funny as hell, but he just landed like a bomb to wider audiences. Like, I remember it, like going to see these movies in the theater and like, you just, you, you were just, that was the thing to do. Like, it was so insane. Um, He was got so big, so quick. And then he's, and he's just, I mean, I know he's faded off a little bit, but he was just around for so long and it was just, yeah, it was just the thing to do. And like, I... <laughs> I kind of like. I still like those movies. Do you? Do you like his those yeah, early Jim like, Carrey movies? They're, they're yeah. not. They're not bad. Like there's. Yeah. There's still pieces of like Dumb and Dumber that like just crack me up. Right. Like you know, I probably Dumb and Dumber was probably my favorite out of like those three characters. Although they were all variations of the same thing. Yeah. Just from like a just a story. Like I think was it Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels. 
Jeff Daniels. I I knew I was close. I knew I Jeff wasn't D- right. Bridges though. would have been hilarious though. <laughs> yeah. But like Jeff Daniels, like just that, that character combo with the yeah. two of them in yeah. Dumb and Dumber, like that did it for me. Like, you know, like, I don't know that just from what I like in a comedy, like I can only take so much of it. Yeah. And I think he was just so kind of in your face. Like, yeah. It was that same persona. It's, it's almost like, you know, kind of listening to you and Jer talk about um, Adam Sandler. Like, it's variations of the same character in, you know, different movies. The Mask was a bit different, but the other ones, the other two are just like joke a minute type of films, right? Like Dumb right. and Dumber doesn't let up ever, right? It's funny. No. It's weird up until the very last shot. Same thing with Ace Ventura. Like, it's weird up until the last shot. Um I kind of, I don't know. I always, I kind of like Ace Ventura still. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a thing too where I like in comedies where the lead character is insane, but competent. Right. right? So, like, Ace Ventura is obviously needs to be diagnosed with something, but he's, he knows all the Latin terms for the animals. He knows everything, right? Like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he, he's good at his job and he's like intelligent, but autistic, I guess. Right. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's totally insane. And, and there's scenes from that movie that I think are still funny. And there's lines that I still quote from it. So like, I'm kind of, I don't know. I kind of have a soft spot for Ace Ventura. I don't know why, but (laughs) um, there's dumb stuff in it. There's stuff that's like cringy for sure. Like, um his reaction to finding out that he kissed a man is obviously ridiculous right um but all that stuff but i don't know i just to me it's still i don't know it's just a goofy thing that it makes me laugh for some reason but um but yeah there was a ton I can't, there, there was a ton of comedies that year i mean uh a lot of like sequels and stuff too so you get like major league two house party three naked gun 33 and a third um beverly hills cop three city city slickers two another police academy like it's there's yeah there's (laughs) right like there's all these sequels and stuff that are all like okay but you know overall not a hugely great year for comedy so let's get into some of the notables though um uh clerks we already kind of talked about so i'll skip clerks but obviously that you know launched a career which you know to us especially and clerks was so great for the music and the dialogue obviously was snappy and great um just the style was new and fresh and the choice to do in black and white was obviously great even though it was a financial decision um it, it, it just worked so well and um you know kind of like he was like our underdog guy for a long time, wasn't he? And it's absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I promised one day, Jeremy and I will tell the Kevin Smith story and we will one day. And when we met him, but um, uh, so that year award wise, I mean, yeah, like, so Forrest Gump, uh, Schindler's List, uh, Ed Wood, Bullets Over Broadway. These are the movies that are winning all the awards that season. Right. And for good reason, I think, but you know, like I talked about last week um, or two weeks ago, you know, th- these years stand the test of time for a reason, right? Um, we're it's we're still talking about the still talking about these movies, and anytime you see like a greatest movies of all time list, certainly or a last thirty years list or whatever, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption are on it. If they're not like in the top five, they're in the top ten for sure, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Well, even like like Shawshank is most people's like favorite movie or they think is the best movie or whatever. Like it it comes it comes up all the time. It really is a great movie, though. Like it just did you read the book? No, I haven't read the book. I I never particularly cared for Stephen King's writing style. So it was it was one like I just didn't do. But I really enjoy like I've always enjoyed that story. And it's funny. I've heard a couple of like you know, uh, like Reddit chats and they talked about like different conspiracies about whether or not like, you know, the ending really happened and if Red actually killed himself and he was just dreaming about, you know, but what did the book say? The what does the book do? I haven't read I the book. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I know. don't know. I'll have to go by the but, book. But, mm. but it's interesting though. Yeah, because it is. It's one of my top movies that like I all I'll always say is one of my tops. So the theory is that Red actually hangs himself and then he he he's fantasizing or dreaming about meeting Andy on the beach? Yes. Okay. I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's a couple of different theories that I've heard uh over time. I mean, the beach scene is weird because it's Andy working on this boat 
in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no buildings anywhere and he's got no tools. Um, right. Like he's, it looks and like Red just knows yeah. that he's there. Uh, it, it is fantastical in a way for sure, but, uh, I'll buy that, but I don't know the book. The only thing I have heard about the book is that it's quite, uh, it's a lot more violent, especially like the, the prison raping scenes and stuff. Apparently right. are a, lot, a lot more explicit, but, um, um, yeah, that I mean, people just fucking love that movie. And I'm going to just say it. I'm not crazy about it. To be honest with you, I find a bit of a bore. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I've seen it, you know, a few times from start to finish and it's feels, it feels like one of those movies I'm supposed to love, but it feels like a, a compulsory thing to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I yeah. think we all have those movies. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. For like, sure. Yeah. It's like, this is amazing. Or like, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever. Like that's but nowhere. The- like that doesn't fall anywhere on any of my lists. Yeah, right. Ever. There, like, I don't ever think like, oh, I can't. I, I I feel like watching Shawshank. I've never had that emotion. <laughs> well, like if it's on, like I'll watch it like that's I'm more inclined. But like I typically won't go out of the my way to watch it. I just yeah. there, there's some there's some lines in it in well, in the movie that have always kind of stuck with me. And I mean, maybe, there's, yeah. And maybe it's that that kind of keeps me invested as one of my top movies. I mean, it's deeply satisfying in in like a Ulysses sort of way, right? Where like, they it's kind of like the happiest ending you could afford these characters who have gone through so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like they've earned that happy ending, whether it's a a, a death fantasy or real. Um, you know, they they've earned that fan, they've earned it, right? And they've gone through so much to get to that point, and the bad guys get their their uh, their you know their due, right? Um, you know what I mean? Like it's sort of it's it's an oddly neat and tidy ending for a messily dark and violent film. I don't mean messy like isn't poorly made. I just mean like messy as in like violent and gross shit happens. And you know yeah, what I mean? Like it, a lot it, of bad it, stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corruption. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, all kinds. It's a real of... dark film with you know with a very happy ending. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 like I said, it feels compulsory to me, and I don't. That's not. I don't like to do. I don't. I have this thing in all aspects of my life where I hate being told what to do. So <laughs> um, I, I, I think it might be a generational thing. It, maybe um, it is. Maybe I, it is, I get yeah. in trouble for that quite a bit all the time. <laughs> um, so uh, this is, I mean, I think this would fall under this category too, for a lot of people. I don't know where I am with it, but what do you think about Schindler's list? And actually I'm going to throw Forrest Gump in there too. These are movies we're supposed to like. Right. You're right. Yeah. You're, you're right. And yeah. and I like I remember seeing Schindler's List in the movie and, yep. and find in the theater and finding it very powerful. I've never watched it again. Yeah. But I, you know, but it you know, I understand. Like not even pieces. Not even pieces of it. No. No. Forrest Gump. I've probably seen a couple of times. But again, like that's sufficient for me. Like it, it's not one of those movies that I'm gonna actively seek out to watch like and I know for a lot of people like for my son for many years he said it was his his favorite movie Which, but you know, yeah. yeah 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 and you know like yeah sure it's it, it's it's a decent movie but I'm I'm not going out of my way to watch it again so like Schindler's List is 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 by design a tough film to watch right Absolutely. like it's like it's dark and depressing as shit <laughs> um you know like nobody wins right there's no like some people survive if you call that winning, but it's it's not great as far as like if you're looking for a feel good movie, right? Something to cheer you up, right. or distra- distract you from the times. So it's it's you know it maybe came out at the right time, I think, because like I just feel like today this is what I was trying to explain the sort of Taylor Taylor Swift phenomenon to somebody at work today who's you know was like ah, fucking Taylor Swift. I'm like you know like people just want to be entertained, they want to fucking dance. It doesn't, I said, it doesn't surprise me one bit that Taylor Swift is massive. Not one bit. The world is fucking literally on fire and people want to go and just dance and have fun. Absolutely. And she's, and, the, and she's the catalyst for that. And she's positive, a role model. Sure, she can't sing that well, but she writes her own songs. They're catchy. They're poppy. Um, like, it doesn't surprise me one bit that she's she's that popular. Um and so it like and again it's almost like it doesn't surprise me that Barbie's doing so well at the box office. You know what I mean? People are like fuck it. Like the world is literally on fire. 
Um, I need and some, people just yeah. want to have some fun. That's like, right. You know, That's right. You so, know, everything's so serious all the time. Like, just yeah. go out and have some fun. And Forrest Gump to me is just one of those films where uh, it's like you just leave your brain at the door. Um, it's not a deep, it's not a deep thinking one, obviously, right? It's 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 just like it is, it's very on the surface. It's just like here it is what it is. It's gonna take you through a lot of fun times. The 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 effects in it are amazing still, actually. Like I saw some scenes recently from it. And like his stuff were like they show him on TV in black and white, back like inserting him into like uh, yeah, different times throughout history. Yeah, and... like shaking Nixon's hand and stuff. And like those, they look great, those scenes. Um, the, the Robert Zemeckis did a great job with or the effects teams, anyways, did a great job with that stuff. Um I, I like that it's an underdog story, right? Like yeah. a, a, as somebody who works in the field of disability right? and, you know, this making it about a person who, you know, is clearly not the smartest guy, but, you know, does some pretty meaningful things with his life. And, you know, I, I, I think it it's a nice commentary on how everybody adds value. To, to me, know, he's like Winnie. The, he's Winnie the Pooh to me, where he's like not super bright. He stumbles his way through life, improving the lives of the people around him without necessarily tr- trying to. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. So, excuse me. So, yeah, it's 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 to me, it's such a surface level movie. It's it's a, it's funny to me that it's still. Like people think it's relevant. I don't know. It's strange to me. I think that's just because it's just so well made, right? Like it's just, right. It, it is just, but craft wise, it really made me the film. Um, uh, I want to save that one till the end. So, you know, we have like another kind of dark, weird movie I wanted to bring up that year because it was ahead of its time and how it looked at media and how obsessed people can get with media and instant news and 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 violence, natural born killers. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. Really, sort of like took what was happening at the time with reality television, like uh, what's his fucking name, Jerry Springer, like those type of shock jock type of stuff, like shock TV. Really, like was the first film to cap. I mean, obviously in an extreme way, but like really was the first to capture that. Um, and it's like wildly deplorable, but like the messaging is strong to me in that film um and the soundtrack kicks fucking ass so yes uh i like i don't know like i kind of like don't mind that movie still like i think i'm okay with it yeah no it was always a great movie it's funny because like i look at this list and and you know i look at the ones that i would watch again or go out of my i would watch that again again. absolutely i would definitely watch that again you know the one that i would watch again that's at the top of my list is kind of weird but you know it is what it is <laughs> oh like we're gonna get um, to it you mean I'm, I'm sure i don't know from I'm that sure year we'll okay yeah well if i don't mention it make sure you mention it um, yeah i'll make sure i mention it so okay we kind of talked about the lion king a little bit so 90s was a resurgence for disney like every year there was a big fucking animated film that came out i don't have them in front of me but i mean like the aladdins and the lion kings and the the little mermaids like they just it felt like every year i think it i think literally it ended with like tarzan in 99 like they had in the 90s was like every year they had an animated film that just did amazingly right so unsurprising the lion king and it's been remade it's just such a huge and the, the soundtrack and it was everywhere, wasn't it? Like the Lion King. Oh, it, it, like, it yeah. really was. And yeah. like, you know, to this day, like, you know, Disney, like even when you, you look at Disney, like they've gone in a, in a, not a different direction, but like some of the older characters that are maybe a little more dated and maybe sure. not as progressive, like, you know, Lion King's kind of one of their older characters at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's become something that has made its way into like popular culture right you know people holding up their cats or their dogs or their kids you know mm. to show everybody like you know the father does to simba and various different things like it's become popular right yeah for sure um very it's immensely popular people love that fucking movie and like it's again just it's just sort of had everything that Disney was doing well at the time with her animated films, right? They would bring in a known singer and they would have a huge song to, to pile on top of it. And it was just, it, God, it was so big. Um, 
True Lies. Now, people are like, yeah, True Lies. But, and, and this is really kind of really hit home when I, I watched that Arnold documentary on Netflix. It was like a three-parter or whatever. Um, and the reason why I want to mention True Lies is because I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was sort of one of those people that like we sort of kind of took for granted as in oh, he was just he's going to be around forever and he'll have a movie every couple of years and it'll do well and we're never going to get rid of this guy, right? Um, but it turns out that like it was they thought he was kind of done. So the movie before this one was Last Action Hero, which completely bombed. And they actually took that as, as in like they're done. Right. The Stallones, the Schwarzeneggers, the people, the 80s guys, right. The hyper masculine 80s muscle dudes, that, the Van Dams, the Van like Dams, that that was sort of like the thing where like, oh, OK, so like the well is one. The well has run dry. They thought that was it. Um, and then James Cameron comes along and gives them true lies and it makes a fucking pile of money. And I'm I kind of don't mind true lies <laughs> like Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it, obviously. Well, um, and it was hugely popular very, as, still, as an action still, movie, right? Like, it, and it, it kind of Tom Arnold was sort of funny as the sidekick. Like, I like the bits where they're at the beginning when they're like doing their undercover work. Like, even though he's like an annoying asshole now, Tom Arnold, like he was kind of yeah. he was sort of like annoyingly funny then. I don't know. I like the I I didn't mind the whole dynamic amongst the cast. I thought the cast worked very well together, and I. I just remember like really enjoying that film. And like I said, I think I thought it was such a cool, it was like a Mr. And Mrs. Smith idea kind of happening. And I thought it just, I thought it was made really well. I mean, Jimmy Cameron knows how to make a film obviously. Um, but I don't know it, but that's, I, I want to mention it because it, it brought that back again. We thought it was dead and then he's back. And then he would go on to do a couple more big ones in the nineties. So like it, it was kind of a funny turning point for Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you can believe it or not. Um, well, and and he wasn't somebody who was considered to have like a whole lot of depth either, right? No, like, no, and that's the thing. And he's actually like okay in that movie, right? Yeah. Like he's he like he kind of acts in it. Like it's pretty good, right? So, um, Star Trek Generations. I want to mention. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Well, well, so this is the first one with the with the next generation cast. So they hadn't there hadn't been one for a while, um, because they stopped making with the older guys, right? Right, and then, right, of right. course, the next generation, the TV show got so popular. Uh, so this was the first film with the Generations cast. And um, it brought in a whole new era. And they would go on to make a bunch of them with them. And uh, and so it was a really interesting time because we hadn't... I was talking about this before. Like, I feel like a lot of Trekkie fans were just disenfranchised Star Wars fans who were craving content. Because Star Wars just stopped making stuff for a while, right? And we hadn't gotten back into the Star Wars films yet. That was until 99. And here, and Star Trek would just start dumping movies out. And I think it did really well based because of not only what the series became so popular, but I think people were craving like mass market science fiction. And, and you know what? I have to agree with you because I always saw myself as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I am definitely a Trekkie. And I really became a Trekkie from the next generation. Like, right, a lot of people did, yeah. I didn't watch all the shows. Like, there were, you know, Deep Space Nine, totally not my deal. Yeah. But I loved Next Generation, you know, I loved Voyager, um, you know, even, like, the most recently um, Picard, you know. Like, I loved those characters. And... Um, Do you watch... Um, I think... Probably next to generation, next to the next generation, uh, next to the next generation. My favorite. Uh, have you seen Lower Decks? I haven't. It's the animated. I get really, it's, I get it's, it's really weird one. about TV, but yeah. it, it is one that I always think. Well, you that can I binge it, right? You can binge it now. The new season hasn't started yet, but um, it's an it's an animated one. It's on Crave. It's my favorite. I think it might be my favorite Star Trek show. It's fucking so okay. fun. It is so funny and so good. I recommend it if you're a Star Trek fan. And it has so many. And the, the people who created it and wrote it are these just massive Star Trek nerds who have been around, who are generate, who are next generation fans. It's got so many Star Trek deep cuts in it. It's loaded with stuff. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, and you look at that year for like fantasy sci-fi stuff. There's nothing like the Shadow. Star the Shadow was Stargate. Yeah, Stargate. I was going to mention that. Yeah, Stargate is 94. Time Cop, The Shadow, 
Street Fighter, which is sad because that's uh, Raul Julia's last film. But like, yeah, it wasn't super great for that type of that genre. So I think Star Trek kind of came around at the right time. I think it got people to go back to the theater and enjoy sci-fi again. So um, I didn't I didn't want to make sure we mentioned that. I didn't want to go by without mentioning it. Um, speed. Um, not the first film for Keanu and Sandra Bullock, but might as well have been. Right. Uh, it, it launched. They they were overnight. It was like fucking Leo and Kate and Titanic. All of a sudden, they were just massive. Um, and it made a ton of money. People love that movie. I I I don't like. To me, it's just a nothing movie. Like it's just a lethal weapon or something. Like just a just well, a bl- it's just a bland action film to me. I don't. Particularly- well, it, it, it's it's yeah. just one long car scene, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but like, man, it hit, it hit, and it listened. And they those two especially haven't turned back since, right? I mean, Keanu was obviously taking on legendary cult status at this point, uh, and and Sandra's still around. She just won an Oscar not that long ago. Um, did you ever see that Blindside movie? I didn't. Uh, but but uh, but like all the controversy about. I was just going to say, did you hear yeah. about? Yeah, that he's suing his parents now. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, that listen, like I said, that it's it's it, you know, it's ninety four. It's almost like uh, there's pre Keanu and now post Keanu, and and ninety four was his coming out party, and Sandra too for sure. But you know, like God, any Keanu would just go on and on from there. Um, all right, so uh, I left two for the end here, and then we'll get into the, like the deeper cuts ones. But, um, I know you're gonna like these two. Um, I'll save that one till last. The Crow, um, of course, we've talked about that on our uh, soundtrack uh, show there not long ago. I mean, it's it's in my top like five, anyways, movie going experiences of all time. I remember going to see it, I remember the crowd, the hush. Uh, the end when it says for Brandon, like when the credits come up, like people mm-hmm. were people were crying, and of course it it didn't help that the movie, you know, it helped that the movie was fucking amazing. <laughs> like I still I watch it all the time. I fucking love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I'm absolutely in love with it. I hate the second one. I hate them remaking it. Um, it's it's so great and so dark and perfect. The soundtrack is perfect. We talked about why. Because it was the 90s and those bands were just he- all those bands were hitting at just the right time, right? A lot of the grunge bands. I mean, I know the cure and stuff have been around for a long time, but I mean, right? It just that movie is just like so perfectly timed, isn't it? It it really was. And yeah. it it really did appeal to our generation. Like I feel so many of these appealed to our generation, but you know, and and, and to the generation above us. And I, I think that that's probably like I just don't feel like they're they're appealing to our generation anymore like we were the ones who grew up on media like I I think about my kid who's you know Gen Z and watching movies just wasn't something that he's ever done so you know going to the movies or seeing things in the in theater knowing who actors are like it's just totally beyond him and like his dad asks him all the time, like, "Oh, have you seen this movie? Do you know this actor?" And he doesn't. And I think, but but that, I think that's part of the difference in in just culture and society and and you know the, the next generation after us, right? Like it's just yeah, I know, but like it's so, but that information is so much easier to get now. I mean, you got to think like. There was no internet for the crow. I mean, it, there was, but just like there was Windows ninety three, which was awful. But like <laughs> most people didn't have the internet. Like there was no way. Like I don't even like. How did we get all this information? From must have been just watching what Entertainment Tonight. Like you know what I, I mean? I like think so, and yeah. like you know, you know, movie trailers on the TV, and you know. What else did you do on a Friday night? You, yeah, you, you grabbed the paper and you looked yeah. at what th- what the movie uh, schedule was, or you called the magazines. The movie phone. A lot of magazines too, right? Would just buy, right? A movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. And now it's so easy to get this information, so it's baffling to me. That's what I was saying. Like someone else, it was about a totally different subject. It was a more political issue, but you know, m- you know, there are of course there are plenty of people that have this excuse because they live in poor poor areas where they don't even have you know, running water. Um, uh, but like, 
if you you are in a city or wherever, like you don't have the excuse of ignorance anymore. If you have if you have access to the internet and to these th- different types of things, right? Like you, that, you don't get to claim ignorance anymore. No, uh, no. You, you know what I mean? Like you can, of course, fall victim to bad bad information like anyone else, but like yeah, all this stuff is out there now. So like it's just so accessible and easy and amazing in so many ways. You know, bad in so many others too. But yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's crazy to me that you, you know the idea of going to a film and not knowing anything about it before you go see it is to me, is fucking insane. Um, the crow. I mean, yeah, it's great. Listen, I mean, I know for, for us and our crowd for sure. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's big, it's big, big time. Um, all right, my dear, tell me all about Pulp Fiction. <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't tell you too much about, about Pulp Fiction because um, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with the movie in, yeah. in a way. Um, to me, okay, let, let me just start. Let, let, okay, psychedelics. Let me, <laughs> oh, right, I watched yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it, I'm not a fan of Pulp Fiction. I don't think it holds up very well. Um, I it's not nowhere. It's not one of my favorite uh, Quentin Tarantino films. That's for sure. I already well, I revealed that last time. Right, Jackie Brown is my favorite Quentin Tarantino. It's not even right. like in my top three. Like it's just not there. For, I. I don't know. It it's it feels again that you know maybe not as compulsory as some of the other ones I mentioned, but it feels like oh you have to like Pulp Fiction. What do you mean you don't like Pulp Fiction, right? Like that's I feel like that's the the fucking narrative. Anytime you talk about it, well, I think it, I think because at the time it was so unique in the way that it was put together, right? You know, yeah. like it was non, all non like... non linear storytelling wasn't really a thing, like right, other, than, other than Back to the Future, I guess. But that was right. That's so it's like all yeah. these disjointed stories that are all interconnected and then you have this like violence and profanity that you know we're used to but not used to in that way um so I feel like there is like almost like a certain shock value attached to it I feel like this is gonna be a weird comparison but just stick with me for a second it's 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 like goodfellas to me in the sense that like you are thrust into this underground world that most of us will never be familiar with, obviously, because most of us live, try and live a good life um, or a criminal free one anyways. Um, and so it's like peeling back the the curtain, opening the curtain on this criminal underworld, which a lot of us don't get access to. And ro- like maybe I won't say, I mean, Goodfellas definitely romanticized it, but Pulp Fiction not as much, but again reveals this this on uh, the seedy underbelly of society that most of us will never touch and i think we, we we i think we get fascinated with that don't we yeah no i yeah for sure and i and- mean it, just from a filmmaking perspective too he he used a ton of like you know this was a great he, he, he listen he's a great photographer quentin tarantino right like right. he this was like more than this was the first for sure the first time in a, in, a, in an effective way where he used a ton of great filters he used a ton of great lighting in these scenes every every the lighting in every scene is different and amazing and perfect from from apartment shots to the diner like and the filters he uses are amazing there's really in a non-linear storytelling it's important because if it was if it was all lit the same and filtered the same it would feel the same you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between right the different times that are happening well, and, you know, you add in the music that created the atmosphere and, mm. you know, yep. could he have found any more people that were, you know, popular at the time to be in the movie? Like, seriously, you know, yeah. you look at, yeah. you know, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta and Bruce Willis and, you know, you just keep adding on all of these people that were huge at the time. And, mm-hmm. of course, people were going to see it. Like it, it was something like they they had never really seen before. So, you know, I think it it it's stood out for its uniqueness over time, right? And it's funny because we talked about him earlier, Kevin Smith. So here's two guys that are video store. So Quentin Tarantino is one of the guys in that book I mentioned, right? His first job was a video store. And um obviously Quentin Tarantino's known for his just like insane memory and his his love and appreciation for for cinema like historical right and 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 international stuff and the guy is just a a walking encyclopedia so here's two guys um both drop their indie 
first indie films into the circuit and explode, right? Everyone right. thinks these guys are the future of filmmaking. So uh, Kevin Smith with Clerks, Quentin Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs. A lot of pressure on a follow-up. Now talk, look at, remember we talked about, you know, what, what happened with Kevin Smith. He right. follow, he follows up with Mallrats and gets destroyed. And Quentin Tarantino comes with Pulp Fiction and wins the fucking Academy Award for, <laughs> for, for screenplay. And it goes on to make a pile of money and then just launches a, a career almost unlike not very many directors that, that, you know, you're talking Spielberg and Scorsese and stuff at that point. Right. Um, so like talk about uh, this idea, right. Where like the two guys following this kind of the same path, get into films and then just, yeah, one, you know, the nineties just said no, no to one and yes to the other kind of crazy, isn't it? It really is. But like, you know, there's obviously there was an appetite for a certain type of movie and it's just not what Kevin Smith were what people were looking for from Kevin Smith, but he's also developed a very strong following regardless, right? Like he he's really, um, you know, carved out a real niche for himself. And, you know, I'm one of those people who appreciate his movies. Again, not all of them. Um, some of them are just bloody awful. Yeah. But I, I, I really enjoy his style, but like the, they're 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 not even comparable in my mind. No, no, they're different. Well, they're different, totally different styles of genre. Everything, yeah. You couldn't, right. to- You couldn't find two more different things. But just just as far as like time wise, right? Like same time, right? I mean, right. I I haven't looked it up, but I bet Reservoir, you know, ninety two. So a couple years before, yeah. So I mean, it's like then there you go. But yeah, it's uh, it's such a funny uh, funny thing how you know the nineties was like the eighties was so good to some people and and not so great to others, but yeah, Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just a weird, I don't know. I think maybe it's, maybe it is the nonlinear aspect for me that doesn't make it rewatchable. Um, Obviously there's so many memorable scenes. It's it's part of, it's ingrained, isn't it? Right. Like from, from, from the, from the gimp scenes and the diner scenes, the dancing, um, uh, Eric Stoltz jabbing, doing the, the <laughs> adrenaline shot uh, yeah. into the amazing. That's a great scene, actually. Um, like the Royale with cheese, the the brains, then the cleanup, and the, like it's just it's it's just like it's, but just I think for me the nonlinear aspect just gives it this this disconnectedness to me overall, where I kind of feel like I'm having to like pay attention too much to figure out what the it, fuck is, to figure out what the fuck is going on. Right, and and the disconnectedness yeah. is, is is like the piece that is challenging. Like I remember watching it on a new year's after, you know, partaking in some party favors and, you know, it it, it felt like it was a 12 hour movie because every little storyline felt like its own individual movie. And like, it took me a good, like 15, 20 years to be able to watch it again, but I did. (laughs) And, you know, I'm glad that I watched it again, but I'm not going out of my way to watch it either. I wonder, I haven't even looked this up ever. Somebody must have done this, right? Somebody must have, has somebody cut the scenes in order? It's got to be on YouTube, right? I'm going to look that I'm up I'm sure, later. there's got to be. If it is, I'm going to watch it and see if I like it any better. Um, also, the end, too, with, like, the like what the fuck's in the briefcase? It's like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is it, it's a, there's, I know there's rumors in theory, it's a gold mint bar or whatever. Like, I just don't care. I don't care. Just tell me what it is. I don't care. Um, you know, like we get it. It's something serious enough that Jules is willing to, he's not, he's going to die, whatever. So I just like, I right. don't know. It's just, I, I'm like exhausted by the end of that movie and not in a good way. So, but I listen, I, I get it. And like I said, that along with Shawshank, you know, anytime you see, you know, greatest films of certainly that decade or, or the last 30 years, they always show up. So that's what makes, you know, it's films like that that make 94 so memorable. Um, but there's a ton of other movies too that year. And, and quickly before we, uh, did I mention the one you wanted to talk about? No. no. Oh, okay, go. Well, it, it did come up when you were talking about like, you know, top grossing, but we oh. haven't actually discussed it. Okay, but... which one? Um, I love the Santa Claus. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I mean, listen, 
like them or not, I personally don't. But I mean, like they made how many more of those did they make? Just one more I think or a like couple three more? Years. I, I think there was like three altogether. Isn't but, that funny? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Like from a Christmas movie standpoint, like there's not a lot of Christmas movies I'm going to watch, but I'm going to watch the Santa Claus and I'm going to watch Scrooge, right? Like yeah. those are yeah. Yeah. those are my top two Christmas movies that I watch every year. Isn't that funny? Um, yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know what is it what it is about that movie like I don't know if it's Judge Reinhold with his stupid sweaters or you know just that Tim Allen takes on this role and he's in um you know the North Pole and do you like whole... Tim out like did you like Home Improvement and stuff like that or not particularly like no. his, like I wasn't really into his like macho shtick kind of thing right you know the tool man but you know, from from a from a kids kind of family friendly Christmas movie, like I don't know, I found that what to be one of the better ones, right? It was a Walt Disney film. Yeah, like, but yeah, yeah, no, that that the, for, from a nineteen ninety four standpoint, but I, I I will always watch the Santa Claus, like you know, at Christmas, of course. That's your Christmas movie, and that and you that's get, my Christmas and, and, movie. And Scrooge was the other one. Scrooged is the other one with Bill yeah, Murray. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see Santa Claus. I saw it later, but I saw Scrooged in the theater. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, we'll revisit this in December, but um, yeah, I'm, I guess I, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of like fucking bland with my Christmas stuff. I like Christmas vacation. I like uh right. Yeah, I like I mean I, I love story. the old a Christmas story is good too. Yeah. I like I love did you see the second one? It was fucking awful. It came <laughs> no, out like, it came out like last year or whatever. Yeah, it's terrible. Um uh I, I love the old, like the 1930, 40 ones, like the Rudolph and then like the the felt animation uh ones, right? Like the old school. right. I like those. The the, I, the, the, the the Burl Ives ones. Yeah, I love those. Um, Christmas See, and my favorite is the one that they like don't play anymore. It was the one. It was the story of Chris Kringle. Oh, he had yeah. red hair when he was younger. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, yep. Yep. That one. That one was great. <laughs> I remember too going to see like going to see Elf in the theater, and, and I remember mm-hmm. sitting there. I don't know who I saw it with, but I remember saying to them like, "This fuck, this movie's going to be at play every year for the rest of our lives in Christmas." You could just tell, yeah. Um, Christmas films. Well, I look, well, December that'll be a good time. All right, the Santa Claus. I mean, okay, so anyways, really quickly, really quick. So for me, some other ones, like you just go deep into the list. This was like 86 too. You're like, oh my God, I've seen all these movies. But like, there's some big ones too that we didn't like, just because they didn't make money, but still sort of like are, are just around. Legends of the Fall, right? Quiz Show, Ed Wood, um, Nell, uh, Reality Bites. Talk about a 90s movie, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was like almost like born because of the 90s. Uh you know, Ethan Hawke, Winona Ryder, the soundtrack, but Ben Stiller, right? Like fucking yeah. great. Uh, what's her name? Um, who was the roommate, the, uh, the comedian, um, what's her name? Um, Garofalo. Garofalo, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. That's it. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, man, what a talk about, like, it's like, it was like singles, right? Like it just, yes. it, they, they saw what was happening and like, we need to make a movie about that. Um, uh, yeah, all those comedies I mentioned earlier, but like, um, what else? Yeah, Bad Girls, yeah, Blue Chips, The Getaway, Clear and Present Danger, right? Harrison Ford, Kicking Ass, Wyatt Earp, um, uh, The Paper, Eight Seconds, Reality Bites. Yeah, there's just Little Women. Yeah, but but Quiz Show was great. Ed Ed Wood was great. Um, not a lot of horror films that year, like uh, Leprechaun Two. Uh, the big one, actually, I think, aside from I guess. Um, uh if you think uh interview with the vampire was a horror or not but uh um the stand did a tv miniseries yeah stephen king that okay was a, yeah that was big right. that was big um there was two big documentaries that year actually uh endless summer two but hoop dreams which is people consider hoop dreams one of the, just the greatest films of all time um yeah. that was a big one big documentary that year but yeah, but you go down the list, you're like, my God, I've seen all these movies so many times, right? Like, but Serial Mom, I mean, like, I've seen that movie so many times. I'm a big John Waters guy. Um, I got to talk to, uh, for one of the sites I used to blog for years ago, so I got to, uh, I talked to Kathleen Turner. Oh, wow. And I asked her, because in that year, she did Serial Mom, 
she didn't there was a third what was the third oh she she did serial mom she directed something i don't remember what it was for the first time it wasn't a big deal and she voiced she was a voice in the simpsons that year oh interesting yeah that was the one where lisa they she made that like feminist doll okay yeah 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 yeah. so and 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 then what's her name played the exec who helped her get it onto the market and then of course it didn't sell anything because people (laughs) the simpsons but um so I got, I said to her, I'm like, I said, I said, those are th- to me three, that's quite a year. I said, what was, you know, your first directing job? The sim, like, what was your favorite experience of those three? And she said, Serial Mom, being directed by John Waters, she said was something she'll never forget. Yeah. Um, but Airheads, yeah. Well, God, I mean, it's just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you're looking, I'm looking at the list here, right? Next Karate Kid, the Leon the Professional, remember that? A young, very young Natalie Portman. Was that her first movie? I just look that up. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, like just on deadly ground, a ton of cheese ball things, but then like just stuff again that we've seen, you know, Sugar Hill, great, great stuff. Above the Rim, another great movie. Like, um, yeah. Anyways, just a loaded year, and um, but like it's tough to escape those two or three big ones, uh, and I think that really, really why this year stands out, and why I think. Uh, I mean, I chose it and why you'll see it show up. Like if you Google search like best years in film, 94 usually pops up somewhere. And I think it's really, oh. and it's really mostly because I think of like Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, um, probably Forrest Gump, Schindler's List. I think that's Lion probably, King. Lion King probably, yeah. So those four or five. Whereas like with 86, you look at some of those years and, and we're going to do a big 70s one. It's, it, it's, it's insane. So whereas I would agree 94 is a big one, it, to me, it doesn't even come close to some of the other years we're going to get to, but um, it's it's pretty big. I think for our generation, if you were a teenager in 94 or you're a young adult or a new adult, right? Like early 20s. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was it, right? This was your prime movie. This was when we were going all the fucking time to the movies. Yeah, because like looking at it, I I probably did see the majority of the oh, majority yeah. of these in the theater. Yeah, yeah, like even the stupid ones, right? Like <laughs> just it, I, I did not see the Flintstones. I have still not seen the Flintstones. I, I don't think I saw that. I've seen it, but I yeah, I don't remember seeing that in the theater. But I know I've seen it. Um, no, but yeah, I mean like Crooklyn too. Like Spike Lee came back with a film, right? Like it was uh, even shitty ones. I'm looking like. Renaissance Man, Danny DeVito. I've seen that for some reason a few times. <laughs> like blue chips. Yeah. Like just all these weird things. But yeah, anyways, important year. And I think again, it's it's for people our age, it was extra important. And we were just uh, we were consuming so much um not only film, but like you look at like the again, because of the Woodstock 94 thing and grunge and uh, music, all that stuff that was happening with not only grunge, but you know, you started to get into um uh, you know, that's when you start to get into some of those sort of like Britpop a little bit. And um, it was just so it was just music was coming at you from all directions. It was music. Yep. It was just was, was fucking like Lance Morissette and, you know, the Garth Brooks, like music was just everywhere. It was so big and everyone was doing so well. And then the movies were just like booming. And it was just a good time to be a creative person, I think. And and that, that extends even to the other, you know, other art forms, too. Right. Like. Um, that's because there was a big shift, right? Digital stuff was really starting to take hold around that time. So people were shifting from, you know, the old way to the new ways when it comes to the way art was made, the way art was produced, the way it was reproduced, the way it was sold, right? Um, yep. And then again, with Windows, Windows 95 coming a year later, which changed everything. So it was a real important time for all this stuff. And I think it's really, you know, ushered in a new era. You could probably almost draw a line in the sand with 94, I think, as far as technology goes, for sure, because they stopped using, basically, this was like the big, this was like the last kind of year, if not the year before, when when a lot of filmmakers stopped using film altogether. Like, they'd maxed out the quality of film, and they were switching to digital more and more at this point, so. Wasn't pretty, that interesting? Yeah. See, pretty, yeah. you're always such a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> um, about a couple things, that's about it. I don't, if you saw my math skills earlier, so. Uh, hey, I'm in social services. I don't do math. I don't judge anybody <laughs> on that. <laughs> but yeah, so it just a, just a really interesting in a transitional time for sure. So, but yeah, thanks for going back in time to 1994. 
but yeah, so we got a lot of more years to do. So don't worry, we'll we'll get you back for some more years or something else. But um, Jeremy and I were discussing offline October, of course, Halloween. I want all four. It's going to be it's a short month calendar wise for us, so we're only going to have two, two and two, so two plus okay. episodes and two regular episodes. So I, th- I, I we're not totally one hundred percent sure what we're going to do yet, but all four will be dedicated to the month of October, meaning you know horror, thriller, stuff like that. So um, we're going to. Uh, That'll be a fun one for sure. I know a lot of people enjoy that genre. I know you don't, um, but we'll have some fun with it either way. Um, the next, please rewind. Actually, we're going to record next weekend. We're doing the video game one. But then the one after that, I want to do Jeremy's birthday list. So it's 1973. He's old. Um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, pick some pick pick six films from that year for people to vote on. And we'll do a Jeremy birthday special. But lots of fun stuff coming up. Um, so... Yes. Once again, thank you, Christy. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Anytime. Thanks for having me.